Thanks for joining us for the Exchange Church Podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Trey Rose. You feeling good? Awesome. Looking good, feeling good. I, um, I brought something for show and tell, if that's all right. We're in a series, by the way, called Own the Vision. We started it last week, and I'm going to do part two today. Um, good to see all of you. I see a lot of familiar faces, a lot of new faces in the house today. Just so glad that you're here with us. I brought something for show and tell, though. This is a new technology. It's the latest cutting-edge thing. I uh, just came out with it. I mean, technology. What will they come think of next, you know? Um, so this is a camera. And what's really neat is you push the button and a piece of paper pops out the top. And then uh, apparently, if, I, if YouTube is correct, you do this. Huh? No, you don't. All right, I got to take a, a picture. Who wants their picture taken? Okay, stand up. Stand up back here, second row. Second row, back row. All right. Um, so... The great thing about this is you all should know you're in this as well. Um, ready? Let's see if... Look at this. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Never seen anything like it. And then you do this. Yeah, shake it. Now, just so all of you um, youngins know, this is not new. Like, this is not new technology. This is new, but the idea is not new. Um, I remember whenever we used to actually have these cameras and take pictures on these cameras in our photo albums, we have some of these Polaroid shots. And I remember, uh, probably some of you young people like me also remember, that when they came out with digital cameras, we thought this is not possible. <laughs> Do you remember that? You said things like this. You said, a memory stick? Who's going to keep up with that? Do you remember? You just thought, this is too complex. This is not going to work. And then eventually, we jumped on board, and um, now these little whippersnappers think that this is a cool thing to take a picture, have instant development, and uh, by the way, you can't add a filter on this. Isn't that scary? Isn't that scary? Speaking of pictures, I took a picture, if I could just uh, have an aside for a moment. I took a picture during worship today. Do we have that to project on here? I saw this group of young men worshiping God, and I thought the Exchange Church is going to be known as a church that gives rise to men of God that lead their families strong, that hold on to their commitments. I am just, uh, man, I mean, girls, you're awesome too. You're awesome too. But historically, girls lead the church. And so I, they do. They do. Girls are the ones that push the church along because they show up when their men don't. They give when their men won't. They serve when they're, I'm just saying, like, that's the truth. Let's just be real. And so that picture is exciting to me because we're raising up a generation where men understand it is cool and godly to be on the front lines of worship, to be on the front lines of serving, to be on the front lines of, of tithing and offering. That's a snapshot I will always hold on to anyway. 
I love it. Um, at the Exchange Church, I just really, I really believe that we are a place where purpose is awakened and developed. I really believe it. I really, I really believe it. God, I just believe it. I believe that in the eight years I've been pastor of the Exchange Church, there has been so much purpose birthed in my own life. Like, I've not stayed stagnant in the eight years. God is always doing something new and fresh and revelatory in me. And whether your, your purpose is like we're talking long-term destiny 20 years down the road, or if your purpose is why did you wake up this morning? Some of us need purpose every day just to get out of bed. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, and it's great if you have a 20-year plan, and it's great if you have a, a 30-year plan, but I'm just saying this is a place where purpose isn't just 30 years away. Purpose is in your today. Purpose is in vacuuming your carpet. Purpose, as I said last week, is in taking out the McDonald's cups from your car when you're done drinking out of them. Because you understand that God won't bless you with more unless you steward well what you've already been given. There is purpose in that. Teens, there is purpose, as I said last week, in making your beds in the morning. Now, I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I didn't this morning make my bed. But had I, there would have been purpose in me making. There is purpose in everything that we do. And I, I am convinced that you and I find ourselves in states of sorrow and ditches of despair because we forget that every day is pregnant with potential and purpose. We keep waiting for that big rescue, that big God, like God bailout moment. Do you know what I mean? That big aha thing where what you've been waiting on is finally in front of you. But let's start today. Let's practice today planning for and preparing ourselves for what God has already prepared for us. This Wednesday, I'm speaking in youth at the blaze. 6 through 12. Come on, somebody. PT in the house. It's going to be fun. Um, I don't often get a chance, but when they ask me, man, I just love it. I love it. And the teens sit on the edge of their seats, you know, if I've, if I've done my job and prepared well. Otherwise, they just talk. Um, but this Wednesday, um, they're in a series called The Streak. I, I ask the youth people, don't even explain to me what that means exactly. What is it? The Streak, right? Yeah, okay, whatever that is. And uh, I'm going to be talking about the daily patterns and habits that form your tomorrow because tomorrow, we already know, is made up of every moment of today. And so I'm going to be talking to your teens this week, so I hope that you get them here. But let's go ahead and dive in on our topic today because I believe that this moment is filled with potential. Will you stand with me as we read God's word today? I'd just love to honor his word by standing. It's kind of dark. I don't know what happened. I'm not too good at this. But you give me a, uh, you give me a digital camera with filters, and I'll look awesome. So, sorry. Well, I'll give it to you, and you can burn it. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5.17 is what our church is based on, but I want to back up one verse and then extend it a couple of verses. So we're going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 19, and it says, So from now on, 
we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. How many are thankful for that new creation? Amen. The new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, you and me, the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. If we go back to verse 16, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. A worldly point of view. If you cross-reference that word worldly, it's going to take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. And I actually pulled it from a different translation just because it's super cool to read it this way. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. Now, if you were here last Sunday, you know that I talked about vision, right? It's Vision Sunday. We're talking about you owning the vision if you came Sunday night as a team exchange, no, I'm sorry, it's not TEU anymore. What do we call it? Heart and soul. So our team exchange or anyone interested in volunteering just gets to learn a b- little bit more. And you actually don't have to serve. We just open it up. But it's my uh, opportunity to, without all the bells and whistles, just kind of unpack what's in my heart. I talked last Sunday night about the fact that culture will beat vision every day. Culture will eat vision's lunch every day. There's a saying, I don't know who coined it, but it said simply this, it doesn't matter what's written on the wall, it matters what's happening in the hall. So we can have a brilliant vision statement, mission statement, core values, which I think we do. By the way, I think it's great. But culture, if our culture isn't in alignment with our vision, culture is going to win out. So we can say all day long that we are a friendly church, but if we don't have a team in the parking lot smiling before people ever even enter our facilities, we can't really in good conscience call ourselves a church that reaches beyond themselves. We can call ourselves a church that will welcome you once you come in the front door, but not a church that reaches beyond what we pay rent on. So we have to find, we have to find a place for us as a church to come into alignment, our culture with our vision and our values. The Lord's going to speak to us today. I already sense it. In fact, something new and different is going to happen this service. I feel something brewing in my spirit, so I may take a rabbit trail, if that's okay, but I'll still let you out uh, no later than three o'clock. Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you today. I thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing in our heart and in our life. Today's going to be an amazing day because we know that you are in this moment. God, we didn't come here to patty cake and play church and sing songs and act like we got everything together and we know what to do. We came here thirsty and hungry for you. God, we came here for your word to be devoured by us. We came here, God, so that you can separate dark and light in the souls of men and women. God, 
we came here so that marriages can be restored. God, we came here so that addictions can be broken. God, we came here so that sickness can be healed in Jesus' name. God, we came here because we believe that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, that we are fully capable in this moment to step into all that you have for us. So give it all, Lord. Give it all. I know that we can't consume it all, but you just let us drown in it. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Before you sit down, why don't you high-five somebody, hug somebody, tell them today's going to be the best day of your life, and then you may sit down. I, um, this morning, I took some family to the airport and uh, set my alarm for 4.30 a.m. And um, I had to leave the house by 5.30. I, I actually woke up on my own around 4.15, realized I didn't really need an hour to get ready to leave. So I reset my alarm clock for 5 a.m. because I had already set my clothes out for, you know, the, this day. And I've gotten in the habit now. My wife has trained me well. And um, so I was ready, and I, was, I wake up at 5 a.m., and I walk into my bathroom, look myself in the mirror, and I say, well, this is good enough. I woke up like this, so uh, welcome. I'm at church today. I didn't spend too much time. I go into the kitchen, and we have some guests staying with us over the weekend, so I was trying not to make too much noise. And yesterday I asked Tristan, Tristan, is Tristan in here? Oh, Tristan, stand up. Tristan is 13. He's my youngest, youngest of five. And he is a morning person. He will drive you crazy. He just wakes from the moment his eyes open, he's talking and he's happy. And I mean, I'm a morning person too, after the morning wears off. You know, I just, I need me a little bit of me and just silence before Tristan Storm comes through. But I did, he, he loves the morning and he's such a big helper and he just loves family time, loves riding with dad and hanging out with mom and all that. So yesterday I said, hey, Tristan, do you want to ride with me to the airport? It's a good little drive, and I'll get you breakfast if you go with me. He was like, yeah, sure. And so at 5 a.m. this morning, I, I'm realizing I don't want to wake him up. I don't really, you know, I didn't wake up an hour early, so he doesn't really have time to get ready. I'm just going to just go, and I'll bring him something back. So I sneak into the kitchen. I've got my phone light on so I don't trip or whatever, and I turn on the kitchen light, and there's Tristan standing all dressed. <laughs> I'm I'm like, whoa, what? What are you doing? He's like, hey, Dad, yeah, I've been up since 4.30. You ready? <laughs> I'm really not exaggerating. You know this is exactly how it goes. And so Carrie walks, in, walks into the kitchen because she's getting something ready. She's sending something off on the, on the flight. And she walks in the kitchen, and I'm just staring at her, waiting for her to recognize Tristan. And she looks up at me, and she's like, what? And I said, looked at him, and she goes, oh. And I said, you didn't see him? She was like, no. And, she, and I said, yeah, he woke up. And she says, you didn't even wake him up? I'm like, no, he just woke up at 4.30. <laughs> so we jump in the car. We go down to the airport. It's, you know, it's a dark morning. 
Um, you know, Jesus is the Son of God. I, I believe that the Son of God does not wake up until the sun rises. And uh, so it was just me, and uh, Jesus was probably asleep at that time as well. And it was a couple family members and then Tristan. We drop them off at the airport. We get back in the car, and then it's time for breakfast. And I say, hey, all right, Tristan, what do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you think? Well, you know, we could do IHOP. We could do McDonald's. We could do uh, Jack in the Box. We could do, you know, I just start listing things and uh, let him have the choice. Probably wouldn't have been my, would not have been my choice, but he was like, hey, let's do McDonald's. And I said, okay, let's go to McDonald's. So we go to McDonald's. We go through the drive-thru. And I'm like, so, buddy, what do you want? What do you want to eat? And he's just staring at the menu like he's never been there before. And the guy's waiting, and I said, one, one more minute, please. And finally, he was like, sir, do you think I could get a big breakfast? And I'm like, a big breakfast? And I, I was like, yeah. So I said, sir, can we just get a big breakfast? And the guy says, big breakfast with pancakes? I look at Tristan. <laughs> so he gets a big breakfast with pancakes, more than any 13-year-old his size should be able to eat. And we're in the parking lot or in the drive-thru. I'm paying, and I look over, and I see a familiar place. It's a building I had been before, um, a time when I loved Jesus, but was very broken. The moment I saw that place, all these emotions came rushing in. This morning, I felt yuck. I just was like, oh. I mean, it was just a time and a season in my world where I was lost. But I'm in a different place today. I'm in a in different season of life. But seeing this, this place was a snapshot of who I once was. And, and I realized in that moment that that snapshot had power over my emotions. I had given this uh, snapshot of a time in history way too much control over me. Snapshots, they have power, believe it or not. Like, this isn't just a cool little gadget. This has power. Snapshots have the power to be a prison or a pedestal. I'm never going to forget the day I was in that location and I was confronting some things in my life that needed to change. I'll never forget that day. But I'll never again walk away from seeing that place as a place where I was buried alive. That's a place where I was reborn. Because I have the power of Jesus Christ inside of me to redefine the snapshots in my life. You, you ever been a part of an organization or a group of people even? Maybe um, this happens when you have family uh, reunions. Maybe this happens when you're at the PTA for a long period of time. Maybe you're, you're on the director board of some country club. I don't know. Maybe it happens in church. Maybe you've been at the Exchange Church for eight years, and you sit back with your buddies and your pals and your friends, and you say, you remember when? You know, the glory days. You remember? Or you get with your buddies who you went to high school with, Remember when I made that touchdown? 
You're now 45 and you couldn't even run if you wanted to. But those glory days, you created, a, you created a snapshot, an image in your mind of what once was. The problem with snapshots is when we don't take them in alignment with where we currently are and who God says we currently are, we, we can get depressed, we can get wounded, we can say, oh, this, this place I'm currently in must be really bad because those were the glory days. I, I was talking to a group of people recently, not at, not at this church, honestly, not at this church, but they were sharing their heart, and they said, you know, I remember when. And I thought to myself, but that was your snapshot. Like, your church is still awesome because someone else has a snapshot of today where they've encountered Jesus Christ. The Exchange Church today looks different than the snapshot that you took when you walked in a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four, what, however long it's been. It's going, it should look different because new people are coming. They can't have the same experience that you had. We wouldn't want them to. It probably wouldn't even work for them. It worked for you and God sent you at that time because he wanted the snapshot sitting on your coffee table of that season for your life. And so we can't look back and say, well, it was great. It was great then, but what about now? Because today is someone else's first snapshot of victory. I, um, I love in Isaiah. Well, first of all, there's this thing on Facebook. Joy, I don't know if you've done it. I know you, you're pretty savvy on Facebook. I think Amber's, Amber's done it. It's the how hard did age hit you challenge. So for those who haven't heard about it, it goes something like this. Uh, show up your first, show your uh, first profile picture. Profile picture is a picture of you that goes on your page, Facebook page. Facebook is a social app on this thing called the computer. Okay? So we're now all on the same page. Um, throw up your first profile picture and then throw up your current profile picture. And then the gist of the challenge is, you know, how well did you do, you know? Has time been good for you, you know? How many of you have done that challenge on Facebook? Raise your hand. Quite a few, mostly ladies. There's a reason for that. There is, <laughs> there is, raise your hand again. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. All right, look around. These are the people um, who proofed it before they click share. Come on. To make sure, I'm, I know, I'm, I knew it, I knew it, to make sure they were happy with the progress, right? You're like, I tell you right now, I, all the people I've seen do that challenge, I've never looked at one and said, man, he needs some help. <laughs> he, he should not have posted that bad boy. You know what I mean? See, that's why I'm not doing the challenge. That's why I'm not going to do it. Now, I did bring my first profile picture to show you. Um, can we just throw that on the screen? Look at that. <laughs> now, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I, appreciate, I appreciate all the high emotion for me. Um, you probably see my kids in the picture as well. The reason I won't show that is you see that handsome, like stunning guy in the middle? I can't find him. I, I'm, if I did a side-by-side -side shot, 
I would look like his great-grandfather. Is that not true? Don't, no, don't answer that. I, so I'm not going to do this, how, how well did you age? But <laughs> But here's what I will say to you. I still, on many days, believe I'm that guy. Last night, um, I'm now 44. This year I'll be 45. <laughs> Is that the funny number? <laughs> no, 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 she's much older than that. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know how old she is. She's just my older sister. I'm going to be 45, therefore my sister will not be 45. Um, anyway, at the age of 45, apparently, uh, my hair has decided to say bye. You know, I'll, I'll comb my hair, and there'll be more hair in the brush. Or I'll take a shower, and I'll think, man, that chair, chest hair is really long, and I'll pull it, and it's my... But no, it's not a chest hair. It's my hair. You know, I'm losing my hair. Too much, too much. <laughs> too far, too far. So last night, I, um, I got some oil, this like concoction, and I rubbed it in my hair, and I pulled my, I can see more of my scalp these days. And so I was separating my hair, and I patted it in there, and then um, I got me a do-rag, and I put on a do-rag. I really did, I did. And uh, I left it on because I wanted this oil to saturate my scalp and, like, revive my hair follicles. And um, so I woke up this morning, and um, I walk in. I look actually surprisingly cool with a D-rag on. And I look at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, awesome, man. I wonder, wonder what's happened under there, right? And so I peel, peel back the, the do-rag, and my hair is like this, just stuck. <laughs> In a, in a whirlwind of some sort. And it was this weird, like, gray color. And I thought, maybe if I put more oil, it'll look black. Because in my mind, I still think I have black hair. I really do. I really do. We'll take family photos, and I'll say, oh, the light was shining too hard on my, my head. It's making all my black hair look silver. And my, my family will honestly say, no, Trey, you, d you don't have black hair anymore. But see, I created a snapshot in my mind of Trey with dark hair. I, I can't actually live in a world in my mind where Trey doesn't have dark hair. That's where I'm at in this stage of my life. Thank God I've got hair. But I've created a snapshot. And what, what I'm hoping that you walk away today with is this notion that you can create faulty snapshots of your world. And you can live a reality that's not actually reality because you're living on a false perception of who you are. And maybe it's not even a false perception of who you are. Maybe it's a false perception of who God is for you and through you and to you. Snapshots are critical This is my rabbit trail. We live in a world where filters are everything. Everything. We, we see a beautiful sunset 
it's gotten like we filter everything that you actually have to say hashtag no filter for people to believe that there's not a filter on an image. For those of you that don't understand this lingo, lingo, a filter is it makes the raw image of the picture look better than it really is. And we're okay with filters because we want the world to see the best of us. We want the world to see the highlight reels of our life. Meanwhile, we're dying inside. We want to show pictures of, of us at a restaurant having meals with like this big group of people. We do selfies and it looks like we've got tons of friends, but we go home lonely. Or we find ourselves in a room filled with people and feeling so alone. Because we are more comfortable promoting who we're not than wrestling with who we really are. kingdom is so different. You know, the Bible says, Jesus actually, he talks about giving and he says, do things in secret so that when you do them in secret, the Lord will reward you openly. Over the last couple of months, I've worked really, really hard to do something. I don't always do it right, but Every day, my goal is to do something really generous and kind for people. Now, I'm a kind guy anyway, I think. But my goal is to not be recognized for it. To do things in a way that people don't even know that I've done it. And if they say thank you, it doesn't count. If they notice that I did it and they say thank you, like if they notice I filled up their car with gas while I was driving it, I, I didn't get to count it for that day. Because in kingdom, there's something very powerful about this notion that what we keep hidden gains power in our life. You see, in the world, we think what we expose with filters gains power while we hide this issue of pornography. And because we live really in a kingdom world, this hidden issue of pornography is gaining power and control over our life. Sure, you're living a great world on Instagram with all of the filters, but you're hiding the things in your life and that you're giving them permission to gain traction and power. The kingdom is so much different. It says, lay out your sins before the Lord. Confess one to another so that you may be healed. That which you bring light to takes its power away. So I've been hiding in my heart good deeds, kind gestures, ways of blessing people because I just want a spirit of humility to grow in my life. I want a spirit of compassion to grow in my life. These, these pictures are so incredibly important because what we take a snapshot of, I know I'm out of time. I guess let me, let me read to you Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 19. It says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Everybody say new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Here is the power of a snapshot. This is the ground 
this is, I'm going to draw a picture of me. I don't want to make it about you. I'm going to make it about me. Okay, so there, there's a head, body, um, muscles. Right there. Just, I'm wanting it to be realistic. Um, so I'm wa- walking along here, and um, I'm in the desert, and I'm, I'm praying for God to send the rain. I'm hungry, and I'm praying for God to send manna. This is my reality, or at least my perception of it. Like, this is the snapshot. When Carrie and I were going to launch the church in 2008, 2009, we were praying, where were we going to go? We didn't want to come back to Austin, and it's not. We have wonderful family here. We have a great support system here, but the reality is we were different people in 2010 than we were 15 years prior when we left Austin. So when we would roll into Austin for family holidays or whatever, and there would just be this cloud that hung over us of who we once were. You ever ever experienced that? You go home for holiday, and you just feel like who you once were, and you think, I'm not that person anymore, but it just feels kind of like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Or maybe you go home to that high school where you were the superhero, you were the homecoming king and queen, and you think, man, I wish I could feel that again. We create snapshots, and we had snapshots of Austin in, in our hearts, but we said yes to the call of Jesus because he showed us that we don't have to live in yesterday's snapshot. We can create new ones today. And we continue to, and we have, and we always, we always will. But the reality is in our snapshot, this was it. This sliver of light on the scale of infinity, because we are in eternal creations. You understand that? So right now you may feel like 44 or (laughs) 45, but the reality is this is just a snapshot of eternity. You're already living eternity. The Bible says in Isaiah that God is doing a new thing. And in that new thing, there is a spring. Um, I don't really know how best to draw a spring. If you could just imagine a big old gusher, all right? It looks like a pineapple top, but just imagine it's a gusher. God is doing a new thing. Right now, you're, you're feeling like you're in the desert, but get ready because God's doing a new thing, and there's about to be a spring that you run into that will bring strength to your weary self. But wait. There's more. Because even in this snapshot, if that's all you see, you're only looking through the lens of humanity. Because if we know anything about springs, we know that it doesn't start here, but it comes from here. And somewhere, wherever you are standing, there is something moving. There is a current moving, preparing, bubbling up, getting frustrated under the ground. You see, I may feel like I'm in a desert, but I'm just standing above my miracle that I haven't yet made eye contact with. Maybe the new thing that God is doing is not really a new thing that God is doing, but a new revelation that he's bringing to your eyes. Owners of the vision understand that the snapshots of our church can look different from individual to individual to season to season to day to day to department to department. But one thing we know, 
If we continue to trust God, lean into God, even in the moments where it feels like a dry season, we will be sure to press on because there's coming a day. As long as we stay faithful and consistent, where we will see the fullness of the breadth and the depth of the goodness of our Lord. Let me pray for you today. Father, I come before you. God, I thank you so much for the snapshots that you have allowed me to encounter and experience even over just the last eight years at the Exchange Church, 10 years prior to that in College Station at Skybreak Church. God, the way that you have used my family for 18 years in ministry and even before that, the way you've used us traveling and, and singing and the way you've used us teaching youth groups and just ministries that you had us to do for that season of our life and our world. God, I thank you for every single snapshot. God, I thank you for the snapshot this morning where you highlighted a place that I had given too much emotion to. And God, I ask that over the next seven days, you will begin to redefine snapshots for your people in this room. That those areas that they thought were the broken areas of their life weren't really the shattered pieces of their life. It was really just you breaking ground to bring forward the fruit that you want in their life. God, we just thank you in this moment for every snapshot that has happened and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear how God is moving in your life. Share your story by visiting theexchangechurch.org and click on connect to contact us.